0: Good morning, everybody. Today we learned Yeshua Parak Dasvab. We saw the division of the Shevet of Yehuda. However, I want to just give a few insights on some events that happened in this parak in regards to Kalev, in regards to Asniel ben Kinnats. So the parak we saw... In Pasik Tazin, that Kalev promised, Kalev said that anybody who helps me conquer the territory, anybody who helps me conquer Kirat Sefer, I'm going to give my daughter Aksa his hand in marriage. And Pasik Gazain said that Asnil Meknaz was the one who conquered the was the one who conquered Kirat Sefer, and therefore Kalev gave over his daughter, Kalev gave Aksa to Asnil to marry so let's just discuss a little bit about this incident. Let's discuss something about Kalev, Asniel. So let's jump right into the Gemara in and Avdal The Gemara in Tainis tells us that three people in the history of Kalei Yisrael, the Gemara tells us, shleisha shalu shleika three people asked inappropriately. The Gemara gives an example like Eliezer Ebed Avram, that Eliezer Ebed said that anybody who comes and does chesed with me, I'm going to give over the, their hand in marriage. And the Gemara says it was really Shleika Hagen. It was an inappropriate request because really a Mamzer could have came and Ebed could have came. Practically speaking, Baruch Hashem, he got a good shidduch. But how do you know? How did Eliezer know this? That this would happen. So therefore, the Gemara says he really asked inappropriately. The Gemara says Eliezer ever Avram. The Gemara lists off Ben Kish and Yiftach Hagiladi. So if you take a look at Rashi over there, Rashi brings down Agada that. In Agadah in the Midrashim they count Kalev as one of these people who also asked inappropriately. Like in the Potsdokovir says that Kalev said, Whoever is the one who's successful in battle, I'm gonna give my daughter over to marry him. And the question is, what do you mean? It could be some Russia or some person who doesn't necessarily want to give over his daughter. So that's why in the Midrashim, Rashi brings down, they add Kalev, that Kalev, practically speaking, requested inappropriately. He was answered in a very respectful fashion. We know that a snail, we'll see very soon, was a tremendous Tamu chacham, but in the Divra Agadah it says that a snail was, I'm sorry that Kalev should not have asked this way, it was an inappropriate request. However, Rashi really brings down, Rashi says no, and and our Gemara didn't count it. Why? Says Rashi, Says Rashi, a very important insight, that our Gemara did not count Kalev as one of the three people who asked inappropriately. Why? Because it's a very important gemara and talmud, and that's what we have to see right now. The gemara and talmud tells us on the like this. As Mesharabenu is about to die, he turns to Yeshua and he says, asks ask me any questions, any subject that you have, Yeshua. Now is your opportunity. Now is your last chance. Ask me any questions. So Yeshua responded, Rebbe, I was there. That Yeshua said, "My Rebbe, you know that I stayed with you at every moment, every second. I never left your side, and therefore, there's really nothing I have to ask from you. You told me everything." The Gemara says at that point, "Yeshua became weak." Yeshua forgot three hundred halachas, and we'll come back to this at the end. Rabbi Yaakov has a beautiful pshat to explain. L'maisi Yeshua is right; he was there the entire time. He stayed next to Rabbi Yaakov. always. So, what exactly did Yeshua do wrong? We'll come back to that beautiful pshat from Rabbi Yaakov. Says the Gemara at that 300 halachas were forgotten. Seven hundred tzvekas came up. The he brings down that thousands of halachas are forgotten, and the gemara says that they could not just be they can't they could not just bring the halachas back using Nevoah, because halacha is that tera loy bashemayim and therefore the gemara says that the the, the came back amar bavoh aval and ha'chzir, and asnil ben kenaz mitayech peh pulay that asnil ben kenaz this asnil that we're talking about in yeshua over here he brought them back pulay he was mefalpel and he was able to many we learn learned that he used the yigal and he was able to bring the yud I'm sorry, he was able to bring the halachas back, all the halachas that were forgot. So therefore, says Rashi, that our Tanah Rebbeinah Son understood that when the Pasuk in our, our Parak says that Yeshua promised anybody that helps me conquer, he didn't mean conquer the city. He meant anybody who helps me bring back the halachas, that I forgot, and therefore says Rashi, since he knew that the person who would bring back the Allah would be a chacham, and there's a key point, and Rashi adds, and that he would have Ruach this person who would bring back the Allah would have Ruach therefore he knew that it wouldn't be somebody who was not appropriate for his daughter, and that's why, that's why our Gemara says that it was not an appropriate request, because since he knew that the person who would bring it back would have Ruach he understood that he would be somebody who was appropriate for his daughter. So that's, that leads us into this interesting conversation what exactly is Ruach Kaidish? What exactly is nevuah? What exactly are these things? So the reason why we have to discuss this challenge is because the Gemara and Tumura tells us that the reason why Yeshua himself couldn't bring back these Alachas and other Neviim couldn't bring back these Alachas is because And a navi cannot be Mechadosh and he no Alacha. So that begs the question, if a navi can't bring back alakha, so why was the sneelman Ben-Kanaz through his Ruach HaKadosh allowed to bring back the Alacha? If you take a look, the Maritz Chiyas himself and Tainus of Da'almanov, he asks this question. He says that the Tsarachi and Gadal, the Gemara tells us that you cannot bring back Da'alachal because Taralab, Ali Deinavuk is Tarla And therefore, he says that what's the p'shat? That Rashi is telling us that Ruach that can't be the Psha because Tsarachi and Gadal. Because ruach haKodesh that the Mar-T-Kir says that if you use ruach haKodesh, that's the problem of tarin la'beShemayim. And he says the reason why like the Gemara says explicitly, not through the means of ruach haKodesh, rather through the means of using pupples. So says the Maritzkiyah. Maritzkiyah with the tarachin He leaves off with the question. How could the Gemara, How could Rashi tell us that Asnil and Kanaz brought back the because he had rochah kodesh? I tarla b'shemaim. The Gemara leaves off of the question. However, he references. He tells us to look in his Sefer Taras Aviyim, where in a beautiful piece over there, right in the beginning, he elaborates on the subject. He elaborates in the discussion, but again, he basically repeats the idea that Asnil Kanaz brought back the halachas. puli shaltair. So now, what's talk of Pshat and Rashi? What exactly is going on over here? So with that, we can segue in and discuss the different types of rochah kodesh, different types of nevuah. So let's see. This a very important sefer, Beautiful shuva. Beautiful Sefer. And in the safer, it's beautiful, right in the beginning, he's actually addressing the Maharat's And in the Chua he writes, right in the beginning, you take a look, he writes that he accepted he got the safer, he got the Mahratzkhiyus a safer on Shabbos kaidish and he writes, Krasi Sefer writes how he so he so appreciated the safer that he sent him, he got an eyinik shabis because that's when he got the safer. You do see over here in a few other places, the Chassam Sefer addresses the Ma'ar with tremendous respect. Definitely an important Akuda to remember. There are those who wanted to say that the Ma'ar was really part of the camp of the Maskelim, and he was somebody who was out of the fold. He wasn't really a tremendous Talmud Chacham. There are definitely those who have suggested that. I spoke to Maria Virabi of Kamen Epstein about it. He felt that that was an inappropriate. that's an inappropriate type of idea. He felt that, yes, Enechanami, it could be he was very intelligent and used certain type of methods that people in the traditional camps weren't necessarily happy about. But that definitely did not make him a mosque. And if you look, Rabzalik Epstein Zachar, Talek, also was somebody who was tremendous. He was always on the words of the Marat's He felt that we have to be aimed on them and we have to work on them. So definitely the Marat's Chis was a tremendous Tamil But But Ch'samsek from the True writes like this He responds to Marat, and he says he saw the Marat's Chis as Kasha from the Gemara in Temura the Kasha and Rashi, and he answers like this he says, first he quotes this idea that the Rivid, which is the one that we shine him, in, in a few places in for example, in Khazlullah, Lula, Habak he writes that he writes that the Rivid says that in many different places that the Rivid was zeicha to have Ruach Kaidish. And the Rivid himself is talking about himself and he's saying that we were zeicha to get the tarot to this kasha because we have Ruach kaidish and Rabi Smarish. So the same saver says, What exactly does the Raivid mean when he says we have Ruach Kaidish? What's he referring to? So he says, ain Ratzalem kaidish when the Revit says we have Ruach HaKadosh in our learning, he doesn't mean like the Ruach HaKadosh when David HaMelech talks about that he has Ruach HaKadosh, that's not what he means. Ruach asher even though according to the person's intellect, according to how intelligent the person is, he wouldn't necessarily be able to understand a certain idea Baruch who gives a person a burst of intelligence, a burst of insight that he wouldn't normally normally be Zaikhan, And that's the idea of Ruch HaKadosh. And it says the Chalam Sefer beautifully. And that's how the Chalam Sefer answers the Kashi. He says, there's two types of Ruch HaKadosh. There's a the type of Ruch HaKadosh in Echanami, which David HaMelech had, a type of Ruch HaKadosh, which is comparable to nevuah. That's one type of Ruch HaKadosh. However, when we talk about a person that work at kids in learning when we talk about for example, the rivet, we talk about as nivman Kanaz. That Ruach HaKadosh means a person is learning Torah. A person is learning Torah He clarifies a person is learning Torah with the appropriate intentions, and he's learning. And he's, at some at one point in his learning, he has an insight. He has a ha'ara a chidish in learning, which wouldn't necessarily be something that he'd be able to naturally say, naturally understand. It's something which is technically above his intellectual capacity. It's above his intelligence. That's the type of Ruach HaKadosh, a person in his learning. while well, that's yat lishmaia to have that khidish, That's the Ruach HaKadosh we're referring to. And therefore, says the Chassam Zayfer, that has nothing to do with ter This is a person through his learning, a person putting in his kaychas, a person putting in his energy, and he's zeichet to come up with the tarots That's considered the person himself in Michal That's not a problem of ter So again, the way the Chassam Zayfer answers the is by saying, in Echanami Maretz Chis, there's two types of Ruha HaKedosh, the type of Ruach HaKedosh, which would be a problem with Terulab And then there's a type of Ruach HaKedish where a person in his learning, when a person's learning the Shema and he's putting in the effort, he's putting in the Kaychas and he's, he's Zeicha to have an insight, he's Zeicha to have a Kiddish where he generally would not, be, would not be able to have that. Kithiyah Zeicha, that's a second type of Ruach HaKedish. That's not a problem of Terulab In general, what is the difference between Ruach HaKedish and Nevuah? So there's definitely a lot of different Shatim in the Mefarsh and the Rambam and Mer Nevucham Mar- discuss this as well. We'll just bring down the Radak and his Akdamah to tell him he describes very clearly what the difference is. And he writes, and he writes, there, There's a lot of qualifications in order for someone to be a Navi. He has to be Muslim in his Midas. He says, He'll have a vision in a dream. He'll be, at the, time of the, at the time of the dream, He'll have these prophetic visions. He'll be able to see things that you normally can't see. And he'll have... An experience which a person generally cannot have, where he's seeing, he writes that you're He's totally removed from this world at that point during his nevuah, and that's the idea of nevuah. That's the idea of a person who's a navi. And what's ruach kodesh? He says ruach kodesh is totally different. Ruach she hushiyad Kim is a person who's involved in in divrei har and he's totally in control of his emotions. He totally in control of his feelings. Like this Batachman. It's not like he loses himself in a dream. It's not like he's in an outer world experience. He's speaking like a regular person. Either i start praising a Barak in a way they normally wouldn't. That at one point, very a, a little bit similar to what the is telling us, that a person will all of a sudden be able to start speaking very intelligent things. Very intelligent things and that is something which a person wouldn't generally say, but through Rech a person will now be able to say those things. He'll be able to expound on ideas which he generally would not be able to speak about. And again, the Radak doesn't specifically say it's referring to Torah itself. He says a person will speak out, shach, either de rei shach, Hashem, praise Hashem, or will say, seich, intelligent things, or Musr type of lessons, all through Ruach HaKadosh. So that's how the Radak is explaining the idea of Ruach HaKadosh. And again, we have to f- try to figure out, according to the Radak, if a person uses Ruach HaKadosh to come up with a Lachar, like the is was telling us, it would not be a problem of Torah Lebeshem. It's interesting, Igaris of the Chazanish, where the Chazanish also seems to go very much along these lines to differentiate between the idea of nevuah and Ruach HaKadosh. The Chazanish is in Igeris. It's in a letter in Igeris Tasvav. He writes like this, he writes, in the, he writes in the middle of the letter the difference between Nevoah and Ruchakayish like this: There's the a fundamental difference between Nevoah and Ruchakayish. Nevoah regards to Nebua, a person's a person's intellect is not involved in the process. That. Nevuah doesn't involve a person's intellect, it doesn't involve a person's intelligence. Rather, a person has this idea, a person has this engagement with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, engagement with Malach, engagement with other types of otherworldly things, and that's the process of nevuah. And after that, he can discuss what he saw using a seichal, but a seichal is not involved in the process. our Ruach he ion. Ruach comes through, a tremendous amount of work, but um, a person has to put a lot of effort until he's able to mechadish something, until he's able to reach a Madrega where he's able to understand things that naturally he would not be able to understand. So, they're basically all the Pshatim that we've seen are saying a very similar idea that Nevuah is an inspiration, a dream, a prophetic vision. A person has an outer body experience, an otherworldly experience where a person totally loses himself and he's engaging with a engaging with the Kaddish Baruch. However, Ruach HaKaddish is a totally different idea. Ruach is where a person is putting a tremendous amount of effort a tremendous amount of energy into trying to understand something and then he has siat Tishmai from HaKadosh Baruch who has a help, a help from Hashem which naturally he would not be able to understand something and now he's able to understand it that is the idea of Ruach HaKadosh and there's actually a beautiful Vilna Goin the Vilna Goin Mishlei, Parak Va Pasuk Zion, tells us that everybody in Kal Yisrael really has Ruach HaKadosh the Vilna writes that there were different stages in, in the history of the world originally he writes that in the times of the Navim, if a person would have a challenge person didn't know what to do, he would go straight to the navi. he would go to the navi and ask him, what should he do? That was the first stage. When we got to the second stage, we lost our naviim. Then everybody in Kalei every person has a sense of ruach HaKadosh, has a sense of this relationship with Hashem, where he has this understanding of what he's supposed to do in this world, what is is. However, the Volanagan writes that unfortunately, ach, ach, Unfortunately, he quotes the Apostle that describes that unfortunately we all have our own Negeahs, we all have our own Taivas, and that's why we cannot necessarily rely on this aspect of Ruach HaKadosh. He goes through to explain that we can't necessarily rely on this Ruach HaKadosh, this inspiration, this understanding that we have, if we had a clear vision, if we had a clear view of what we're supposed to do, says again, we cannot necessarily rely on that because unfortunately we have our own Taiva. if you take a look, the Ali Shur, Rab, Shlame, Rab, Vol, was that, Alf, and Kuf Sa'mach Zayin, he writes that there were three tekufas. He goes through, he says, the tekufa of the Nevi'im, the tekufa tukuf, of Rech HaKadosh. and then he says, nowadays, unfortunately, we cannot rely on the Rech HaKedosh, like the is telling us, and nowadays, we have to go to our Rab-Aim, we have to go to people who do not have the Negeists to try to figure out how we should conduct ourselves. But the point over here is that we see from the Vulnegayim that really, every single person in Klai has Ruach has the ability to have this tremendous Yat from Akkadish Baruch. And if you look throughout the Echreinim and some already in the Mishenim, they discuss, first of all, how many of the Mishenim had Ruach but also they describe how a person who learns Torah Lishma, a person who learns properly, he can also be Zeichah to this level of Ruach So now there's an interesting discussion, just to, just to break for one moment and discuss, this idea of Ruach is it possible that a non-Jew could have the Ruach as well? So there's a very interesting, Tanah Devei yo writes in Parsha Yud, the, the Tanidvayo is discussing Devira that she was in a Nivea. And the Tanid says, is it possible she was in Nivea? So it responds, Mayani <speaking> Allah, it's a shamit's arits. Bain Gait, Bain Ish, Bane Isha, Bane Eb, <Hebrew> Bain Shikha, Ha Koilafi, she'isa Kah, Rucha Kadesh The Tanivalyo responds, of course Devira could be a Nebiyah. Anybody can have Ruha Kedesh, says the Tan Whether it's a Jew, whether it's a non-Jew, a man, a woman, a slave, they can all have Ruha Kadesh. It all depends on their mice. It depends if a person acts appropriately, if a person does something which is appropriate, a person does something out of the ordinary he can be Zeichet to Rech so on the simple level you could say that this is not telling us anything about Rech it's talking about nevi, it, it's talking about because it's talking about Dvira and it was asking how could Dvira be a Nevi a Neviah uh, and it responded yes she can be a Navi because anybody could have Rech however if you take a look Right, Rav Chaim Bital, Rav Chaim Bital, in Sha'ar Hashvi, he's discussing the idea of Ruh HaKadosh, and he writes, in the Proclaim, before he's describing all of the conditions, all the preconditions that's required in order for a person to have Ruh HaKadosh, he writes, he says, a person should not give up, a person shouldn't give up hope, and then he quotes this Tanr Leyo, which the Tanr tells us that everybody can have Ruh So It seems, Rav Chaim Bital, understood that this, this is telling us that everybody can have Roch Akedesh and not just be a Navi, not just be a, have Nivu. So it seems clearly Rabbi Yaakov Alel in his truest Aisham discusses this a little bit, but it seems that that's definitely the Bosh of Rechayimitel that he understood that this is telling us that everybody and anybody, Sayaju, Naju, can have Roch Akedesh. And there's a beautiful Pshat if you take a look in Rabbat Sadak Akain in Savior Yisrael Kadeshim and Izvav. He explains, he asks the question. He says, according to this Tanul Yo, that a non Jew could have Ruach HaKadosh as well. So now we have a problem. Because Rashi said, how did, how did Khaliv know that the person who was going to answer the questions was going to be somebody appropriate for his daughter? Because that person would have Ruach HaKadosh? And an a Imams, is not going to have Ruach kind Ask the what do you mean? This Tanul tells us that every single person can have Ruach HaKadosh. So how did Khalif know that he was going to have somebody who was appropriate? So therefore, he writes like this very important. And he says, there's two types of Ruach HaKadosh. There's a type of Ruach HaKadosh which comes from person who's like we saw from Hassam before, that type of Ruch says that a person who's not Roy, he's not going to have the Ruch HaKedesh, says that Rachunami Lab Ruch HaKedesh did a different yo. He writes, I know there's a difference. It's a type of Ruch which comes from a person who's learning Torah properly, learning Torah Lishma. That's one type of Ruch HaKedesh. And then he says there's another type of Ruch which can come to anybody according to their Mysim if a person acts properly. He can be Zech, it's Ruech So again, a very important you say that they like we start from the Yo. Yo. a non-Jew can also have Ruech HaKedosh, just like the Tzaddik is explaining, not a type of Ruech which comes from a person through his learning, rather a different type of Ruech type of Ruech that we saw before, having these types of understandings, having types of chedushim that a person would generally not be able to come up on their own. So that's the idea we saw, the idea of nevuah, the idea of Ruech HaKedosh, the Ruech is a special Shat that a person gives to uh, Hashem gives to a person. One more Ara, one more interesting idea based on this Gemara. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, a beautiful idea. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky brings down. in parasha Baal Rabbi Yaakov has a very important question on this Gemara, and it's more that we saw that the Gemara said that right before Moshe was nifter, he asks Yeshua. He says, "Is there anything that any question you want to ask me?" And Yeshua responds, "No, I was always with you, Rabbi. There's nothing that you didn't teach me." Now, Fract Rabbi Yaakov, and we saw that Yeshua was punished that he forgot. He forgot four hundred so Asks Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky a very important question, a simple question. It says, hala khair tzadik, tsadik vidvar hala ishu is right you know how you sure amani tamid khani w ma khani sha is amani li ma sha ni khaser ma bemsa ma ishu aqfar mitslars at call ter Asks Rabbi Yaakov a very interesting question, a very important question. L'chera, Yeshua Rabbeinu was right. Yeshua stood by Yeshua the entire time and Yeshua learned kol ha from And you see that he only, he, it's, it's not that he didn't, the, the Gemara doesn't say that he didn't ask certain questions and he should have asked other questions. That's why he didn't have that halacha. The Gemara says Yeshua forgot that halacha. So it sounds like Yeshua was makabal the entire tire from Yeshua Rabbeinu. So why exactly, what did Yeshua do wrong when he said, Rabbi Meishu I was always with you. What, did, what, was, what was Yeshua's mistake? What exactly was Yeshua missing? So Rabbi Yaakov, says a beautiful p'shat, a very important p'shat. It says Rabbi Yaakov, that you're right, Yeshua learned kol Kula, he learned everything that Meishu Rabbeinu taught. However, says Rabbi Yaakov that Yeshua didn't learn one thing from his Rebbe. ba Shemas lo nu chazal im rishayim bnei alachem anu bnei anoshim im rishayim bnei anoshim anu kikamer b'hai nu shekane yamoshim melamde yaklaw gadol shalachasimah tzat kufah. beautifully explains that the one thing you should not learn from Eishar Abeni was the idea of yeridus haderes, the idea of the the, the fact that after every tukufa, after a certain amount of time, a takufa's is closed, a certain generation is closed, and then we go on to the next takufa, we go on to the next generation. And that's the halacha that Yeshua missed out from That's the halacha that Meishe was not macabre from him. And that's really what Meishe would have taught Yeshua if Yeshua would have asked Meishe, what halacha do I need to learn, Rabbi? Meishe would tell Yeshua that Yeshua, you have to recognize, there's an idea called chasim hasat tukufa. it's the idea of your said that throughout the generations, as we go further and further away from our Sinai, our understanding of the Torah, our appreciation of the Torah, our full comprehension of the Torah goes down, and we don't have the same ability to understand the Torah like we used to. And Rabbi Yaakov says it's not just a nice idea, and not just a nice, beautiful Psalm and Gemara, but has practical ramifications. Halach it's really a fascinating shot of Rabbi Yaakov. It has quite a, a very strong halachic. Implication: that Rabbi Yaakov is telling us, and it definitely explains a very interesting phenomenon we find in Allah, and that is a general phenomenon that we find that Amarayim don't disagree with Tana'im, and in general Rishayim don't aggr- disagree with the Gemara, and Achrayim in general don't disagree with Rishayim. The question is, what is the pshat in that? Why is that the case? Rabbi Yaakov explains based on this idea. There's a concept called chasimah shtukufas that at the comes to an end, a period comes to an end. Meaning that, for example, there's the times of the tanaim, then there's the times of the then the times of the Ga'in and rishonim, and achronim. Now the question always is, like, who's kaver those shtukufas? Who exactly decides? oh, this person's a rishon, this person's an Achrein, and they're not allowed to disagree. So Rabbi Yaakov has a very interesting understanding. Rabbi Yaakov suggests it may be totally on that at, at, there's certain shtukufas where people are theres things, and then at the end of the tukufa, they're melachit, they have a Likud, they write up all the alachas, and then they then that's that's the end of the tikkufa. Rabbi writes like this: "I'll call you soides, call you soides, tzikas halacha, nevanim, live in my love." I am a whole paim is a mayer, mikach is a bris, is a rakim shemaklal is that shell in rishain. Says Rabbi this idea that, that Rabbi Akiva is telling us that there's a concept called chasimah shtikufa. He said the tikkufa comes to an end has practical lach ramifications, and that's why an amayra will not disagree with our tikkatana. And the, the Rabbi points out. Then I tell Kasimoth that Shekhan Aruch that everybody used to disagree disagreed with each other. All the restraining would disagree. Over once, the Shulchan Aruch was closed. That signifies the end of the Tukufa. And now we're up to the Tukufa of the Akhreinim. So again, just a very important shot. was telling us a very important idea, the concept of Yeridus Aders. And kind of recognize that although in the new, in the latest generation there's so much more information, so much more technology, so many new innovations and inventions that our parents, grandparents and great-grandparents never had, however, there's something very fundamental we have to recognize, and that is that our father, our grandfather, our great-grandfather was, was that much closer to the Masayra, was that much closer to the Tukufa of the Akhreinim, who are connected to the Kufa the Rishayim, connected to the Ge'ayim, Amarayim, Tainayim, and finally going all the way back to Meish at Har Sinai. So again, just an important hakar, an important recognition we have to have that we have to mechab our elders, we have to mechab the people who are older than us, even though we, don't, we think that we may know more than them or we think that we may have other milas. we have to recognize that they have this tremendous mila that they are closer to Messiah than we are. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.